Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husong and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to Sports, Clicks, and Politics. I am Sean Hannon, joined again by Ben Husung. Uh, ben, thanks for uh, coming into the studio and joining us again. Highlight of my week, Sean. Play any golf this weekend? I did play golf this weekend, actually. It was a lot of fun. My uh, oldest son turned 11 years old, and he wanted to go play 18. So we got a cart, went around. It was a great, great time. Uh, he's Course gonna, record? What's that? Course record? For him. Nice. He's he's going to be about probably five years away from beating me in golf. I, nice. would, I would say yep. on the well, absolute upside. My son already beats me in golf. He's 27. That happened. It was his birthday over the weekend as well. So, yeah. yeah. So we got to play some golf. We're actually going to play some golf today. So, um, yeah. So we also got real golf, actually. PGA golf, thankfully. We got some real sports, some live sports. I got to watch in, tune in. No fans. Uh, kind of weird. Uh, thankfully, the... Uh, PGA players themselves took it upon themselves to offer some golf claps and some uh, some background noise to kind of keep it interesting. But uh, did you get to see any of the golf over the weekend? I watched a little bit of yeah. it. I didn't get to much as much as I had wanted to because we had some family stuff going on. But uh, you know, golf is a gentleman's game. Yeah. It was nice them to just sit yeah. back there with their yeah. claps. And like I said, we got we finally got a uh, a victor, a winner, uh, a sports somebody we can crown as uh, uh, somebody. Uh, Daniel Champion Berger, of the world, or? yeah. <laughs> Daniel Berger uh, beat. Uh, Colin Morikawa in a uh, one-hole playoff at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, costing me a little over $500 on DraftKings. Uh, Morikawa, I needed him to win to uh, to cash. but uh, At least th- he did it in the most heartbreaking way humanly possible. Yeah, I mean, I watched it. So, I mean, I, I lived it. Um, Every second. So, I don't know. Uh, it, it was good to have it back. Um, a little weird without having the, the fans there, but you know, honestly, I didn't really notice much difference. I'm sure it was probably different for the players if not having the, uh, I don't know, some of those those grandstands or whatnot to mark their uh, their ball. You know, like kind of like their vision, their eye of their 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 shot there. Um, and I do feel like some players use those to their advantage if they just want to whack it in there, knowing they're going to get a free drop there sometimes. So I'm sure there was a little different for the players too, um, but it seemed. You know, for all intents and purposes, normal, right? It seemed like yep. we were a little bit back to normal. Well, it turns out the uh, the one man that was very happy there was no crowd whatsoever was Shoffley. I don't know if I'm yes. saying that right. Yeah, Xander Shoffley, yeah. There he goes, Xander Shoffley. As uh, he touched every inch of the hole on a two-and-a-half-foot putt, it would have put him in the playoff, and instead he uh, had to sit content at a tie for third. I guess it was third place alone. Either way, uh, so I think, I think the, the crowd noise would have been brutal at that point to say, oh, no, how, how could you? And also, uh, even at the end there, that's that's no way to lose. No, like I said, I mean, Morikawa had about three and a half feet, uh, just lipped right out again. So, uh, But congratulations to Daniel Berger. Uh, we get to move on to Harbortown next week and uh, Myrtle Beach or Hilton Head, I think it is, actually. On that island. Uh, so, again, another uh, good field I think I saw. And uh, excited to have, uh, again, just a kind of a, a normalization of, uh, of sports, at least, or golf, at least. Anyway. Amen. Uh, so there was uh, a couple of takeaways I had from over the weekend. The first one was Jordan Spieth might be the most interesting golfer to watch simply because of the absolute highs and absolute lows, which I can empathize with as a hacker of a golfer. But watching him drop a 25-footer and never really having a doubt it was going in, and then watching him stand over a two-and-a-half-foot putt and going, no shot. Uh, it's 
It's unfathomable. He's an enigma for sure. Um, and but he he finished. I mean, he finished. I think he was in the top ten. So I mean, yeah. he kind of placed well. I mean, that's kind of his home, one of his hometown courses anyway down there in Texas. Um, but it was a you know it was a star-studded field, and the top ten had you know Justin Rose and. Uh, Justin Thomas and Spieth and oh, yeah. Shafle and Morikawa and said Berger got the win, but it was a it was a fun tournament. Like I said, it was great to see everybody back out there. Um, you know, it wasn't great for everybody on the weekend. Uh, your boy Mo- Rory kind of oh, oh Rory. <laughs> uh, that was one of the more disappointing yeah. things. Is I I am a huge Rory McIlroy fan, and watching that just utter collapse. Uh, I know that had a pecuniary loss yeah, n- for you. Not as not as much as the Morikawa, but yeah, the the rest of my weekend lineup was excellent, except for 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 McElroy. So he he, I I cashed in that lineup, but it could have been better, I guess. Um, you don't expect him to go from being in the top five no. and to he was, thirty second. He was in one day. he was five over in six holes. It was over yeah, quickly. Was, so we got ugly. to move on quickly. So I was too bad. Um, and it was listen. Even Brooks Kepka was in the field, yeah. mm-hmm. looking suspiciously like a nineteen uh, seventies adult film star. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you if you can get away with it, I guess he can't. He's got to stop. Brooks, um, please <laughs> shave the thing. It doesn't look good. So I'll be excited again to tune back in for 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 golf again next week. Um, also on the sports front, we have the decision and decision of uh, Major League Baseball uh, with the owners versus the players not really knowing uh, that they had the opportunity to steal the spotlight of the sports world for a, for the whole summer and decided that they're just going to push their, their season back to compete with the NFL, the NBA, and the NHL after all. Now, in defense of both the Players Association and the owners, it is a more competitive contest than half of the baseball games you normally watch during the year. <laughs> True. On the negative Definitely side. more meaningful. <laughs> That's a good point as well. On the negative side, if I can speak on behalf of most, not diehard, but casual baseball fans. I don't watch every game. I tend to tune in more in the playoffs, but I'll catch games during the year. I don't care. I, I just don't. I, I mean, listen, I get both sides have their, their stances and they want to stick to them, and I I begrudge them nothing. You want to negotiate hard. You want to get the best deal for your side. Completely on board. Stop putting it in public as if any of us care about either of the two sides. We just want to watch baseball. We're not going to have sympathy for your side and blame the other. We're just going to look at both of you and go, you're idiots. Figure this out. I don't care. You already missed out on a golden opportunity where you could have had full run of the sports world and all of the attention, and you missed it. Please stop. Yeah, give like me fifty they, games. They get they get to get their act together there. So, like I said, they're they could have started on Fourth of July, had the whole summer, and I just can't see that even coming close to happening now. So, not a chance at this. So point. they're they're you know we'll see what happens. I think they might get some kind of announcement from them today. Um, you know, I'm not holding my breath. So there's a sports gambling question that's on everybody's mind though. Oh. If they play in excess of fifty games, do the Houston Astros still break the record for getting hit by the most pitches of any team over uh, a full season? Almost assuredly. I'm excited. Yeah. I can't uh, wait to watch it happen. I wonder if they have new equipment orders, like vests that they get to wear underneath. <laughs> Kevlar. <their arm>. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's going to have the full arm brace, the helmet thing that comes yes, all the way yes, down. Yes, yes, huh? They'd be smart. They'd be smart. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be um, ugly. Yeah. And so so it was good to have sports back. Like I said, we'll see how these things, you know, the NBA is kind of uh, somewhat up in the air maybe now. Um, we'll see what, how they how this all unfolds um, over the next couple of months. But I think we're going to have an NBA season. Um I don't, you know, I, I think we're going to have at least the playoffs of the NBA season. I think we're going to have a baseball season um, and probably a, a cool playoff. 
um, format, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to get the NFL season. So college sports, I'm, I'm, I'm really unsure of uh, just because I don't know how that's all going to un- unfold. But I do think we're going to have some pro sports in 2021. Um, so, again, hopefully steps towards normalcy and uh, we can kind of, you know, get back out and do our thing. Yeah, I think especially as summer goes on and we'll be able to kind of monitor our progress as we go of opening things up. And actually, it would be great to have fans at some of this stuff, even if it's a reduced capacity, at least getting some people out to go and watch game. Yeah. So I think that's ultimately what most people want to do right. at this point. Right. And think and and uh, moving away from from sports, but staying on the idea of, of getting back out there, um, I'm back to work this week. So uh, phase three is, took effect in uh, New York State. So I got to come in and uh, do my thing. I got... Uh, it means restaurants uh, were opening uh, indoor dining with some limitations. Uh, they had some outdoor seating already available. Uh, some of the salons and uh, massage parlors and such, they all got to reopen this week or this, uh, I think it was this week. Um, so obviously very limited uh, or with, uh, you know, limited capacities in a lot of these, in these establishments, um, different safeguards uh, for these industries, We'll see how it all unfolds here the next couple of weeks. If some of these are relaxed as they kind of move forward, as people become, again, uh, uh, out and about. Um, but, again, I guess another baby step in the right direction for uh, us as uh, CNY and uh, state as a whole. Agreed. Uh, and I, I still don't fully grasp what the differences are in all of the phases. I will be the first one to tell you. I've, I've been working all along in this. I work from home now instead of at my office so I can help out with homeschooling the kids, which is an absolute nightmare as much as I love all of them. I'm just not cut out to be a teacher. Uh, but either way, as we continue to progress through these phases, I, I'm almost detached because I don't really grasp it. Obviously, with four kids, we don't go out to eat a lot anyway, so I'm not really missing out on that too much. It's just a matter of, I guess, my only – the reason for the detachment is I'm, I'm nervous they're going to pull it back. But then I think about it, I'm like, I, I don't know what that would mean either. I, oh, I, you mean the 25,000 complaints from Manhattan and Long Island uh, – think they got under the governor's skin a little bit i mean he did go full dad mode with the don't make me come down there yes so my question is what are you going to do when you get down there yeah i i don't know like i said i mean you know in real world purposes he could start pulling liquor licenses it could be devastating for these businesses but man i mean how much can these businesses take yeah right that's what i'm saying it's like at some point you just gotta you know i don't know i i I hope there's twenty five thousand complaints there's no action required from the governor or feel the need for action from the governor's office to, to, to to squash this. Like I said, it's, you know, people are, people are ready. Listen, and if I can paraphrase Chris rock from his song in the 1990s, the there's no sex in the champagne room, let some stuff slide. Okay. Just if somebody is five feet away from somebody else on a patio in New York city, there's 15 million people around that area. Social distancing is physically impossible. If somebody is okay with the risk and you are up in Albany looking down on them going, oh, I'm going to come down there and enforce some rules and revoke some liquor licenses, just let some stuff yeah. slide, okay? I get that we're in the middle of this, but we also are watching protests where not only are the politicians not condemning but actively joining in it where there's a ton of people all in a very condensed area that now you're going to turn around and say to the business with 25 to 50 people outside on the sidewalk. Hey, what you're doing is wrong. Right. I mean, listen, these businesses need to make money. So now you're not only going to, you've already put them in a position to fail for, you can argue a very noble reason, but now we're getting to the point where if you owned this business and you're looking at how everybody else is allowed to do that, but you can't have 31 people 
in and around your business, you are somewhat righteously indignant of, come on, so I can't earn enough money to pay my property taxes and everything else, but this is somehow not a threat, but I am. Why is my livelihood so unimportant to the elected officials above me? Yeah. And I, I don't have a good answer for you. Yeah, and I, and I don't know that anybody does, to be honest with you. I think that's been the biggest complaint of going forward is lack of answers, lack of guidance, right. lack of communication, um, specifically out of Albany. And, you know, I hope the regions who are moving forward continue to move forward regardless of any threats that come out of Albany. So I think here's been the biggest, um, I think the biggest frustration for a lot of people has been it's, it's the seeming dismissal of their concerns. Like your concerns are not nearly as important of – if I run a business and this is how I provide for my family and you've asked me to shut it down, great, I got my PPP, that'll get me through two months. Well, we're there now. And if I own a restaurant and I'm on a, running at 25 to 30% capacity, I can't keep paying this. I'm going to go out of business. And you keep dismissing this out of hand and saying, like, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter to this individual. It just, it does. And there's been this overall dismissal of that notion as if people just want to go get haircuts. Right. And right. live their right. life. But no, it's, it's much more meaningful than that to right. a lot of these people of if you have 20 employees at your restaurant, you feel probably at least some level of responsibility for them. So now you're going, I can't pay them, pay my taxes, pay my overhead, pay my insurance. I'm just coming out of a pandemic. I'm going right into mass protests and some rioting and looting that is a concern how much more can I take? And now I have the governor coming in and saying like, well, I'm going to revoke your liquor license because right. you have too many people out there. Yeah. Like I, I said, it's, come on. you know, it seems just, you know, when they're doubling down on the overreach, right? If they, you know, they're, they, if you don't listen to us, we're going to make it worse. So again, I think your dad analogy is probably right on. So, um, <laughs> I, but, I've used that every once in a while. Good. I can tell you as good. a father, sometimes you commit to a position you do not want to follow through on. <laughs> and then you, you're stuck like, well, I got to do it. I didn't want to do this at all. So just don't walk into right, that yeah, situation. Right. It seems like, yeah, I, I think you're right. So, um, and real quick, let's, let's, uh, before we get to our guests, let's talk, uh, what the main subject of the uh, program was today. Uh, Amazon coming to central New York, coming to uh town of clay, coming to Liverpool, um, coming at the former home, the artist formerly known as Liverpool golf and country club. Um, do you ever play Liverpool Golf and Country I've Club? I've never played Liverpool Golf and Country Club. I think Club. if you get a job at Amazon, that number three will still be available for lunch crowds. I've really? seen some overhead pictures, and number three, which was a little, that's number two, a little par three is still there. Ooh. So anyway, um, but yeah, Amazon's coming to, uh, to, to New York, one of their fulfillment centers, uh, something in the neighborhood of 800,000 square foot first floor warehouse, which is just mind-boggling big, the second largest warehouse in the world, I believe, I think I read. Um, and it's coming to Liverpool, New York. So we're going to have a guest on to talk about that a little bit. Um, there's been some contention uh, for and against the, the project uh, in the local papers here. Um, what are your uh, underlying initial thoughts of uh, Amazon coming here? Uh, as a general rule of thumb, I understand the reservations about what we call corporate welfare. I get it because nobody has any pity, sympathy, or empathy for Amazon and any of their partners as far as we need more money to do this. I, I completely understand, and I even agree. The flip side of that is if you are the one deciding where to put this warehouse, so it's not necessarily Amazon, it's this third-party company, if that company has to make a decision, and they are either going to go to Syracuse, New York, Liverpool, they're going to go to Scranton, Pennsylvania, they're going to go to some other town in Virginia, wherever they're going to go, 
Why do they care about Syracuse? What's their incentive to come here? What can we argue? That we have better people? I mean, you and I would argue yes. I mean, we we got us. Exactly. And that's just, let's face it, not the best. But we're here. Maybe you disagree with that. But just because we're biased doesn't mean we're wrong. No. But there's probably some people in Scranton that disagree. Yeah. Uh, But either way, it's more of a frustration I have of why are we as a state so uncompetitive with other states without this stuff? It's almost a non-starter unless there's economic incentives. The environment is tough in New York, um, which seems to make it, you know, almost necessary for these, these abatements and tax incentives to, to, to come because our tax rates are so high in the state. So um, I understand that when you're competing for, you know, one project and there's multiple communities that, you know, you gotta, you gotta create the best, pitch and uh you know these tax incentives are going to be part of that pitch uh i'm glad that we got the project i think that overall it's a benefit for the for the community i think our community has suffered the exact opposite of this for a long enough where we have uh just companies and people leaving the state and leaving the community and taking their jobs and never coming back so it's good to see something coming back um hopefully this is a uh you know a first of others and this is a you know a, a a step for rebuilding at least central New York uh, and maybe upstate in general as a, as a welcome business friendly environment. Um, because I don't think that's the reputation that it has throughout the rest of the country. No, certainly not. And I think you're right. I think ultimately I just accept this for what it is, whether you like it or not, it is more expensive to start and run a business here than it is in other States. So if we want to attract businesses, let's, Try to set our own bias aside for a minute. Put yourself in the position of the business that was started on the West Coast and going, all right, we got to set up somewhere. You need to give them a reason. So I wish that there wasn't a, I'm going to call it a need. That might be an overstatement, but I wish there wasn't a need for this corporate welfare. But the reality is without it, we're not getting these businesses. Without giving them some level of incentive, they're going to go elsewhere. So let's give them the incentive and let's take, I'd rather they pay a million dollars in taxes instead of paying the full four that they could have owed, then the zero that we get if they don't come. Right. It's still right. better. It's yeah. still an improvement on our situation, and I think it's great for the region. I think it's great for the economy. Hopefully this does lead to more jobs and we can get more companies to build here because it is a great area and the people are exceptional. Yeah, I agree with all that. And so with that, let's uh, bring on our guest and uh, uh, let's hear what he has to say. We kind of go into a little bit of the uh, the numbers uh, from the whole project and uh, kind of its impact on uh, Central New York. So without any further ado, let's bring on our guest. Today's guest is a member of the Onondaga County Economic Development Committee, and he's here with us to share some of the details, numbers surrounding the now officially announced Amazon project in the town of Clay. So please welcome lawyer, golfer, and fan of the 27-time World Series champion New York Yankees, Mr. Kevin Ryan. Thanks for coming on the show, Mr. Ryan. So what does Jeff Bezos smell like? Excuse me? <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't involved. I just want to, I always figured no. Jeff Bezos smells like an old book for some reason, so that was my joke. But anyway, how does Amazon, one of the biggest companies in the world, find its way to Liverpool? Well, let me just first start by saying uh, my position, I'm a member of the board of the United County Development Industrial Development Agency, not the Economic okay. Development. It's Thank a you. quasi-governmental entity that was created by state uh, law to help areas like central New York uh, attract new jobs to the area. 
uh, in response to your question, uh, I don't know what Jeff Bezos smells like because I've never <laughs> met the man. Um, and truth be told, the the deal between the IDA for this project isn't with Amazon. It's with um, a company called Trammel Crow, which is a developer where the where they're the ones who will build and ultimately control the facility and then lease it to Amazon. Gotcha. Uh, so we don't really even have uh, any contractual arrangement with Amazon right now. In fact, um, you know, when this was all going on, we were under a strict non-disclosure agreement uh, as, as to what was happening with us. And it wasn't even disclosed to us until into the process that uh, Amazon was the ultimate end user. Uh, my understanding of how this project found its way to Onondaga County was uh, through the efforts primarily of Ryan McMahon. Uh, as you may be aware, there were plans initially to put a large Amazon facility in New York City, but due to local opposition, the company pulled the plug on that project, and I think it cost the area upwards of 25,000 jobs now. <clears throat> New York City obviously is in a different economic uh, situation than we are here in uh, upstate, so that may not mean much to them, but the opportunity to attract new jobs is always something that our local leadership looks for. My understanding is that Ryan McMahon was at an academic development conference out west, I believe it was in Salt Lake City, but I'm not sure, where he met, I believe it was Amazon's vice president of development, and started a conversation about the distinctions and differences between Central New York and New York City, and I think his, his mantra was is that upstate is not, or Central New York is not New York City, and that we could be uh, an area that would be open to Amazon and could make a competitive uh, area for them to do business. And that's that's how the process started. And then they were looking at a number of areas, one of which was Central New York, and ultimately we prevailed in the job, the projects being built up in Clay. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a huge problem. And obviously, Amazon, everybody knows who Amazon is. I got when I was uh, Executive McMahon was making his original uh, press conference there and didn't release the name, but just kind of introduced the project to the to the to the world. I guess um, my immediate thought was that it was Amazon. I mean, I don't know who else is going to build the second biggest warehouse in the world, but um, I'm sure it wasn't going to be Raymore and Flanagan. But it was it was. You know, seemingly the I think it was eight hundred thousand square feet first floor warehouse seemed to be kind of an indicator that it was somebody of a, a major retailer or, or major company in general. Anyway, so did uh -huh. the the turmoil that surrounded that New York City, you know, pulling the plug on that project, play a role in keeping the the name somewhat under wraps here in Onondaga County? Was it just a? I mean, I know you guys you, we weren't necessarily involved, but was that? Do you know if that was some of their thinking? They were just like, "Hey, we're going to see if this works before we kind of announce that it's uh, Amazon or Trammell Crow in, in 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 their way." I honestly don't know. Um, I don't know what led Trammell Crow to want to keep the identity of the ultimate end user secret, whether it had something to do with the outcry that hit, that uh, took place in New York City or whether there was fear because of what some people may feel about Amazon in terms of its market share and profitability might cause there to be more opposition than there should be to this project. I honestly don't know the answer okay. to the question. All yeah. I know is that, you know, we look at, we on the IDA look at these uh, projects and applications when they come in 
independently and try to give it a, give everybody a fair shake, whether it's, uh, whether it's Amazon or whether it's, uh, you know, got a, 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 a daycare that we just uh, helped out out on the east side. I mean, owned by some local people. I mean, you don't, you don't play favorites and you don't uh, penalize somebody because you may or may not agree with them. You look at these things through the, really the prism of one thing, is it good for the area or not? And does it make sense to grant the economic development incentive packages that are being asked for? And, yeah. And so, and so as you're kind of going through this process and you may not know who the, the actual eventual tenant is, but like, when did you actually think this was going to be a reality? I mean, not necessarily talking about the, the town board votes and all that stuff, but when did you actually think that they were, the, the Trammell Crow was interested in this project and that they were going to kind of make a run at it? Like how far well, into the process? The, the application came in and almost instantaneously it was, we were working under a very compressed time frame uh, because Amazon wanted to get, uh, its approvals done so it could break ground and start construction so it'll be ready for, I think, 2000, 2021 opening. And I think once it became clear that Onondaga County, both through the County Academic Development Office and the IDA, had the ability to meet the deadlines that Trail McCrow was seeking, I think we realized that we had a pretty good shot at this project and that ultimately Central Eric would be the area that was chosen by the developer and ultimately the company to... to uh, build the warehouse in. And so I, we see numbers. Uh, I see, you know, $350 million project, uh, $70 million in tax abatements, $27 million property value increase. Like, g- give me some of these numbers. What, what do they mean in the real, real terms to, and how do they de- help affect the, the central New York community? Well, it, it's funny because most of the opposition that I have seen to this project consists of what people, some people would characterize as a giveaway, as if we gave money away to Trammell Crow to lure Amazon to Central New York, and nothing could be further from the truth. The way it works is this. The property had been owned for generations by the Jamian family who owned and operated a Liverpool Country Club on the site. Now, my understanding is that that family has been looking to get out of the golf industry for some time, and I think several years ago, there was a proposal to put in a Flying J truck stop on the site, but that failed for reasons which I don't know if it was zoning or, or whatever, but it, but it, it didn't, or it didn't come to fruition. So either the Jamians were going to sell the property and who knew, who knows what the end use, the ultimate end user would be, or they would continue to operate it as a golf course. Assuming that they continue to operate as a golf course for the next 15 years, the County and the other taxing jurisdictions, which would be the town of Clay and the school districts, would have realized approximately $772,000 in tax revenue from the owners of the golf course operating it as such. The deal that we approved will result in the county and the other taxing jurisdictions receiving in excess of $28 million in uh, tax payments, pilot payments, payment in lieu of taxes. Uh, that is obviously a significant increase over the $772,000 that otherwise would have been received. Sure. Now, it is true that if Trammell Crow simply built the warehouse, leased it to Amazon, and operated the warehouse there without any economic development center packages whatsoever, sure, the property could have been assessed at a higher number and probably could have realized more than $70 million in taxes to the county. Uh, however, they re- requested the tax breaks, which we gave, which all that means is that we agreed to accept less than we otherwise would have collected 
if the property was assessed at its full value and operated as a warehouse. Now, some people would characterize that that in and of itself as a giveaway. However, I can assure you this. If we had attempted to collect the $70 million from Trammell Crow and Amazon and not give them the tax incentive breaks, they wouldn't have come to Central New York. It was just as simple as that, that there were a number of different areas competing for this project. They were all offering economic development incentive packages of some sort. We just happened to be the most favorable and were the easiest to work with. And I think there was another um, a number of other factors that led them to choose uh, Central New York, not the least of which is the proximity to both the Thruway and Interstate 81. And I think I read, uh, I think I read something somewhere that the, the number of people that are within a four-hour drive of this site is another thing that made it attractive. So, again, all of that being said, had we not proven the request that was made, they wouldn't have come to Central New York. And so let's talk about the jobs that they they, they mentioned. So they a 1,000 new jobs and $400 million in new payroll. How, how are those numbers calculated? Well, I, I, I think the Trammell Croak bases, uh, it's not that analysis on its past experience. Uh, they This isn't the first warehouse they built for Amazon in the country, and I think that they look at a building of this size, uh, how many people it would employ, what Amazon typically pays the people that work there, and you know you multiply that by the number of jobs, and then you have the uh, economic spin-off from that, where you have, I mean, let's call it a thousand new jobs. I don't know what the number is off the top of my head. As I said here today, it's been a while. But, you know, you've you had over a thousand new jobs and that not only brings more wages into the pockets of the central New York workforce, but it also has spinoff as well because you're going to have small businesses in the area that will benefit from having a major employer move into the area, restaurants, gas stations, dry cleaners, the, the services that, that people rely on and need when they work in, in an area. So it, it's, you know, you don't look at these things in a vacuum. There's a tremendous spinoff and benefit to the area as a result of this project. Yeah, you know, I, I think I agree. Like I, I, I think of the proximity of the village of Liverpool and think of all those businesses there. They're just going to have seemingly mm-hmm. endless, endless additional traffic. So, mm-hmm. so how does the Amazon project and coming to Onondaga County attract the next Amazon project or, you know, the, the next big project to the county? Like, how, how does this play a role in helping further the development of the, of the community? Well, what I think it does is it uh, changes the narrative uh, about what it's, what it's like to do business in central New York. I mean, people, t- you hear the term all the time, this is a game changer for our region. Well, uh, it's a trite phrase, but it may very well be the case in this situation because for far too long, you hear all the criticisms of, of, of Syracuse and Central New York, how what the economy is terrible, it's, it's a tough place to do business, and it's a place where, where good ideas and projects go to die. Well, what Onondaga County proved with this project is that that narrative has been, been turned on its head because it's simply not the case anymore. And I think when other companies see how willing Onondaga County was to work with Trammell Crow and Amazon to make this deal come to fruition, they're going to realize that maybe this is an area where we want to come and do business as well. Maybe we can have that same pro-business environment that could benefit our operation and maybe that's a place where we might want to expand because again remember not only do you now have a county government 
that is pro-business and is going to go the extra mile to make sure that we can attract and retain jobs in our area for our people. But you also have all the other natural benefits as well. Like I mentioned before, the proximity to the thruway and Route 81. So for transportation purposes, it's so easy to connect with the rest of the Northeast and the United States. We have an abundance of natural resources. We have a highly educated workforce. We have, we have people here looking for jobs and who are willing to work hard in the right environment. So I think when you put all of that together, couple it with, like I said, a government that's willing to help out business, I think it, it really is something that could change the narrative and we could maybe make this region one that is attractive to business again. Yeah, I do think you're right. And I'm assuming they factored in our centrally located uh, geographical location in the state. And as you point out, the, the access to transportation throughout the whole Northeast, really. So, um, so what, what else, what else would you want to tell the folks of central New York about this that we didn't cover today? Like, is, did I miss something? Like what, what do you want to make sure that people are understood before, uh, that they may have uh, seen other reports on, on this project, but what, what do you want to, what do you want the people of central New York to kind of be the, the lasting memory of this project as it moves forward? Well, I, I think that it, like I just said, I, I think that the the lasting impact of this project will be one that changes the narrative of central New York as a region that is someplace that is able to attract and retain jobs. And it is an area that people might want to consider moving to and staying here in the future because we can provide the jobs that can help support families and, 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 and lives. But I also think, too, that you, you have to take your hat off to the county administration and county government to realize that you've got people running the show now that understand what it takes to make our area competitive again, what it takes to attract jobs and make this area a place that is attractive to other businesses. And I think that that is something that we should be thankful for because, you know, look at for too long, we haven't had that, and other areas don't have it not right now either. I think that we are, we're very, very lucky to have the leadership we have in this community, and I think we should be thankful for that and applaud them and their efforts to make our economy strong again. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I hope that, you know, it seems far too long, at least the last half of my life, that too many businesses were leaving this community as opposed to people coming here. So hopefully this is kind of a... A, a turning of the ship and kind of, we can start building upon this. So, um, you want to talk about the Yankees at all? Do you think they're actually going to play baseball at all this year? I have no idea. Um, we're going to have to I, wait I until 2021 the, to get the 28th uh, world series ring. I saw the PGA tour started again. Yeah, and exciting. that's really been, been my focus. I mean, between everything else that I've had going on, if baseball plays again, that's great. If it doesn't, you know, like it, it, it is. You know, there's other things we yeah. can do to uh, yes. entertain ourselves. I think they'll. I, mean, I think they'll come back a little bit, but I don't know. It's it's baseball is going to be the one sport that I think is going to be a very short season and a kind of a crazy playoff, maybe. So, okay, well, Mr. Ryan. Always had the most labor problems because of the uh, the the relationship between the manage the ownership and the uh, union. It's, yeah, it's, right. Uh, that seems to be a problem right still. So, huh? I said that that seems to be a problem to this day right now. So they still can't figure it out. Okay. Well, it's a shame if they don't. Hopefully yeah, they will. For sure. Okay, Mr. Ryan, I appreciate your time. Um, hopefully I'll have you back on here next time we have the uh, uh, the next big project to announce. Sounds good. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Okay, yep. Take care.